So today we're going to do something a little bit different. Today's part three of It's Complicated. All right, it's a series that we're in that's about relationships. And how many of you know it gets complicated when you're cooped up in your house for 96 hours with, with your family? Come on, can I get a witness today? It's like, yeah, it was complicated, right? Um, how many of you know it's complicated driving in the snow? It's just not always easy. I mean, we didn't, we didn't get our vehicle out till yesterday because they're, they're both two-wheel drive. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not even going to try. I'm just not going to try. I don't want to be the guy that gets stuck and is waving people down, right? It's, it's complicated trying to keep warm in a house that doesn't have power, right? It's complicated, it's complicated dealing with the aftermath of frozen pipes and burst water mains. It's complicated when you open a shelter but you don't have any experience operating a shelter, right? Yeah. What are we supposed to do? It's just complicated. When people start showing up and they need assistance, they need medical or nursing assistance, and you've never, I don't mean this in a funny way, but you've never changed a grown person's diaper before. Come on. It gets complicated when, when like, you need nurses, but you're not a nurse, right? It gets complicated when you're receiving hundreds of phone calls and, you know, and you're trying to resource people. It gets complicated, but uh, today what we want to do is, is we want to bring a message together. This is the first time that we've ever preached together, y'all. I'm, I hope you're excited because we're excited about this. And we were actually not even supposed to be here this weekend. We were going to take the weekend off. We had scheduled um, to go to Denver yesterday because her birthday is Tuesday. She's turning 40 years old, y'all. All right? <laughs> turning 40, and we were supposed to go to Denver yesterday. No kidding, it was going to be a fly to Denver, have breakfast, lunch, dinner, fly home, same day, all right? Because don't you know airline tickets are dirt cheap right now, so just let's take advantage of it. Uh, but after this week kind of got started, we realized that we needed to be here with you guys, and so we canceled that trip, and we wanted to be here for you and, and just pastor and shepherd you through this season. And so we want to share a message that's a celebration of what happened this past week, but it's also, uh, it's a call for us to never, ever, ever be satisfied with what happened. Yeah. Like yeah. We, we, can't, we can't be satisfied with where we are as a church. We can't just say, oh, those were some nice things we did. Congratulations. We, we've got to keep the main thing the main thing, right? Yeah. So we'll start by just kind of sharing the story. Like a lot of people, I even had like messages on um, Facebook and text messages like, what was your plan when you started? Because we might try to do something. I'm like, we didn't have a plan when we started. Um, was no plan. Like for real. We woke up Monday morning. Um, I knew that I was supposed to do some professional development that day, but it was going to be later on in the day. And so we kind of slept in a little bit. Um, sleeping in at our house is sleeping past seven. Um, so it was about 7.30ish or something like that. But Still laying in bed, just kind of relaxing, enjoying the morning, but scrolling, started scrolling through Facebook, and post after post after post after post was, I don't have power, haven't had power for 10 hours, 12 hours, you know, whatever, and a lot of them were people, like, from church or people that I knew, um, and so I'm like, Ben, like, we have power still. We, I'm going to message these people and tell them to come to our house. I was like, no. No. That's not, that's not <laughs> He's a good like, we're idea. already stuck in here with 10 of us because the Moody's have been, had been staying with us. And uh, he's like, no, I don't know about that. And I was like, well, then we need to go look at the church. If the church has power, like, don't you think it would be a great idea yeah. um, to just open it up so people can just come stay warm until their power comes back on? Um, we just need to do something. And that literally is how it started, that thought. And so Jason and Ben loaded up to go to the shop. Jason shopped to get his generator because they were like, if we don't have power, we could probably make part of the building work with the generator, and then we could at least keep people warm in one section. And so they started that journey, which was a journey because um, his the truck di- is the diesel. diesel fuel gelled. Anyway. We, we got there, but then like we had to reheat it and like get, get it going. And Yeah, it, yeah, it was kind of crazy. I was like, Ariel, they haven't called yet. Should we be concerned? And so... Called him, and he's like, we haven't even got the generator yet. And I was like, okay, y'all do that. We're going to head to the church, and I'll let you know. And in the meantime, they get the generator, but there's a flat tire. So they drug the generator seven miles with a flat all tire to, all the yeah. way to church. And But we got here, Ariel and I did, with the kids in tow. 
and we had power. And so I was like, hey, Ben, like, we've got power. Let's do this. So he just did a Facebook Live, like, hey, we're here at City Hope. You know, we're going. We're going to open up the building. And, um, you know, that was the plan was literally to unlock the door. That was all we had was unlock the door because it had heat and power. And, but it, when we posted that, like, team members literally started calling and texting, what can we do? We're there. What can we do? Stepping up. And, like, we started getting calls to the church, and it just started happening so fast. But the way that our team stepped up, and throughout the day even, as the community stepped up, because we began to realize, like, hey, power's not coming back on for some of these people today, so we can't just send them home to their cold homes. Like, we, they have to stay the night here, and we got nothing. Like, nothing. And so, we, like, team members were going out to get sleeping bags, air mattresses, people from the community that we had no idea who they were were showing up, giving sleeping bags, mattresses. Um, businesses started calling, you know, what can we do? We want to donate breakfast, lunch, you know, whatever. And it just, it happened fast, but it was amazing to watch and be a part of. Um, the excitement inside of people and inside of us was just like fascinating to me and just the way the community again came in unity for one goal to keep people warm and keep people safe and again we didn't have a plan we just knew that there was a really big need and so we stepped out that's true and and uh here's the reality is there's still a lot of work to be done and i'm not even talking about just with um uh, the, the snow-related issues. I'm talking about in our city, in our county, in this region. There's a lot of people who need help, yeah. all right? And, and so I don't, I, there are needs to, that need to be met, and I don't want us to get comfortable. I don't want us to forget what God has done. He's been faithful, and he has supplied every need that we've had, but the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required, And when you look at what God's given us, we're just barely a church that's two years old. And when you look at what he's given us, he expects something out of us. Or he expects us to do something. And and we couldn't just sit back and not do something. And so, let me say it this way. We are blessed to be a blessing. All right? We're blessed to share with others. And if if he has given us much, then he expects us to give much. But if we don't give much... Here's what I think is going to happen. He's going to start giving us little. So the message today, our hope in this message is that we will inspire you. We'll we'll kind of maybe give you a little bit of hope and that you'll leave here today on a whole nother level and you'll never be the same again. That we leave here with this kind of ingrained inside of us. Amen? So if you've got your message notes, um, go ahead and pull those out. There's a little... um, Inside the worship guide, just a sheet of paper, front and back, with some message notes. And, and you can follow along on the side screens today. Um, but we want to take a look at Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, and, and this is a story, uh, this, this is Jesus dealing with a man who has leprosy. And it says, this is the New Living Translation, that a man with leprosy came and knelt before Jesus, begging to be healed. Now I want to just stop right there and just, let, let's notice something that we don't even know this guy's name. He's just a man with leprosy. He's just a man with leprosy. And, and, and as we welcomed people into our building this week, there was a man on, a, on an oxygen machine. There was a, a man in a wheelchair. There was a man who was homeless. There was a man who just got out of jail. And we could look at those people and just identify them by, by kind of what they have or what people have said about them, right? In fact, I want you to hear me out, that many of you in this room today, you're living your life based on what other people have said about you. You're living your life based on an identity that people have said about you, but you need to know that you are not what people say about you, you are what God says about you. Yeah. Yeah. You are what God says about you. Yeah. And, and it goes on to say that uh, he knelt in front of Jesus. Now just think about that for a moment. This is a man with leprosy, and he kneels before Jesus. This, this could have gotten him killed. Like he could have been stoned for this because he's not obeying the law. He's supposed to announce to people, unclean, unclean. In other words, don't come near me. I've got something wrong with me. And if you come near me, you might get it too. You need to just stay away. Stay away. And, and 
he didn't do that. I think he was probably in this moment of life where he said, well, if I don't go do this, I'm going to die. And if I do it and they stone me, I'm going to die. I got nothing to lose. I got nothing to lose. And so, that, I mean, he just went all, all in. He was, he was all in at that moment. And he says in, in Mark chapter 1, a man with leprosy came, knelt before Jesus, begged him to be healed. And he said, if you are willing. Now think about those words for a second. There's no doubt in my mind that this guy has seen Jesus perform some miracles. He, at the very least, he's heard that Jesus is the miracle worker, that Jesus can heal, Jesus has healed blind eyes, Jesus, did you hear about him healing the other 10 lepers? Did you hear about him when, when he made the lame man walk again? He's heard about it. And so he comes to Jesus and he says, will you, are you willing to heal me? In other words, I know you can, Jesus, because I heard you could, but will you? Will you? W will you really take care of somebody like me? And if I can just say it this way, if people didn't know about City Hope before last week, they know about it now. And I think people are asking the same question about City Hope as this man with leprosy asked about Jesus. Hey, I know you can do it because I, I saw what you did in that snowstorm. I know you can, but will you? Will you help me? Will you meet my need? Will you be a blessing? Will you come to the east side and grill burgers on the first Saturday of every month and give it away for free with no expectation of anything in return? Yeah. 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 That, that, that they're wondering, do they really care? And I think people in our city need to know, we care. Yeah. That not only can we meet their needs, but if it's at all possible, we want to meet their needs. Yeah. We want to be a blessing. Here at City Hope, we really do believe that it's not about us here inside these four walls. We are here. We were placed here. We were called here for this community. And so it's just exciting to see this spur and this, like, push into action that happened this past week. Um, and moving on in Mark chapter 1, verse 41, it says, Moved with compassion... Jesus reached out and touched him, and he said, I am willing, be healed. In the New Testament, um, it was written in Greek and then translated into English, and that little phrase there, those three words, moved with compassion, and the Greek word for that is splachnitsomai. That, that do that good? Splach. You gotta add Splach. the, you gotta have some phlegm in your throat. Splach. Hey, Splach. I was working on this, I'm like, why did I get this part? Splachnitsomai. No. <laughs> Um, but it literally means to be moved in, the, in, in our inward parts, um, to be moved in the, like in the seat of our feelings, that gut check that you get sometimes when you see something that's going on with somebody and you're like, that can't be. Like, yeah. I have to do something to make a change because that's not right. That yeah. right there is not right, and I can do something yeah. to make a difference in that situation. And that's what that verse is talking about, and that's exactly what we experienced this week. Yeah. Um, you know, we just realized that we could do something. You know, really, we weren't sure what all we could do, but we could do something. Mm -hmm. And the testimonies that came in this week, just amazing, uh, watching the team serve and just every person that walked through the doors, finding out their stories as team members, as we'd get a, gather around to kind of debrief and kind of come up with a plan for the next day, sharing testimonies and stories of people. Um, it was amazing. And I'm going to just share a couple. Um, one is this 90-year-old, 91-year-old man, and we called him Mac. And he was a World War II, Korean War, and Vietnam War vet, yeah. and he was precious. He came in on Monday. Our team picked him up, and he just was the sweetest man, and I don't know. There's just something about him. He was just precious, and um, the neat thing, though, is on Tuesday morning when we were back up here, um, the phone rings, and I happened to be the one to answer it. The church um, church phone rings, and I, I answered it, and the lady on the other end is telling me, hi, I'm so-and-so. I live in Oklahoma, and I really am just calling. I don't need help, but I do need to know if you have my dad. She said, I've been calling everywhere. I cannot find him. I can't get a hold of him. His phone's dead. And I just want to know, can you tell me, is Mac there? And for real, like, I just, I lost, like, I got emotional because I could tell her yes. And she got emotional because she knew 
that he was okay and he was safe and he was warm and no matter what, he was going to be taken care of. And we gave her the opportunity to talk with him on the phone and he cried and it was just an emotional moment for all of us. But there were so many of those moments. Um, A man named Michael came in and our team, when they got to him, he was in his apartment. All he had was a couple little blankets and his apartment was 28 degrees and he was shivering. He was so cold. And then another man named Ron, um, he's a homeless man, and he came in. Our team picked him up at Brahms on Kemp, but he had walked three miles in the snow in the freezing cold temperatures. His pants were, like, frozen, like, literally frozen because they were so wet and it was so cold. And to watch as our team loved on him and just, like, literally loved on him and just let him know that it was going to be okay. Like, yeah. we've got you. Yeah. We've got this. You're going to get through this. This is not the end. Um, it was just an amazing week. And all of uh, everyone who served, whether it was here in person, whether you donated online, whether like community people that showed up, the reason why is that one Greek word, which is very hard to say, splagnitsomai. Good job. That's it. And that's it, you know, like, what, I wish you could have been here and experienced uh, what we're talking about, because um, for me, it was uh, Ron, the homeless man, was the man that uh, really, uh, I kind of took a liking to, and his story breaks your heart, and you have that, like, I can't take this anymore. I had to walk away a few times and just weep and sob at his story, at what was going on in his life, and why? Splachnitzomai. I can't can't watch this happen anymore. And so a lot of the translations of the Bible, you know, the New Testament's Greek, Old Testament's Hebrew. Sometimes it's hard to translate words into our language, right? So um, we just read that Jesus was moved with compassion. So it took three words to say splachnitzomai. But some of the translations, they're pre- from time to time, they're updated to kind of give, give maybe a clearer picture of what, it, what he was saying. And the, the NIV, which we teach from a, a good bit here, says it this way. In Mark 1.41, it says that Jesus was indignant. Like, in other words, I'm tired of watching people suffer. I can't take this anymore. I'm tired of hearing about people dying in their house because their space heater caught the place on fire or they died of, of CO2 or whatever it was. that They, they died of the, the uh, poisoning, whatever. I'm, I'm tired of that. I can't take it anymore, right? I'm, I'm sick and tired. I can't watch people suffer. And so it was a not on my watch moment for Jesus. So uh, to, to the phrase not on my watch kind of goes back to like a watchtower. When, um, if you were keeping watch at a campsite or maybe at an army base and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're looking out and nothing bad's gonna happen, not on my watch. And there's some people out there gonna try, you know, there's some bears out there, you gotta be careful with those bears. Hey, not on my watch, we got this. And I think that's what Jesus was saying here that, that um, yeah, there's some people who need our help and, and they're dying and they're hurting and they're desperate and there's nobody to help him, not on my watch, Jesus says. Not on my watch. He's looking out, not on my watch. So that's what I want for this church, that we have that kind of attitude where, where when we hear, man, there's people shivering in their homes and they don't have power, not on my watch, not on our watch as a church. Hey, pastor, there's, there's uh, widows who have to choose between groceries and rent and medication, not on our watch. Pastor, the, the substance abuse, it's, it's skyrocketing. We got, we got to, you know, it, there's no hope. No, not on our watch. Yeah. We can do something about this. The prisons are overcrowded. The kids are going hungry. The, the kids don't have school supplies. Not on our watch. Yeah. We, can, we can do something as a church. And so I thank God for what, what happened last week. Like, I, I don't want to be, you know, Debbie Downer. Like, I'm, I'm saying it's awesome. <laughs> We've been on cloud nine. God, thank you for what you've done. But at the same time, I'm saying as a church, let's not get comfortable yeah. with what happened. Yeah. Let's not get comfortable with where we're at in our city. I want us to stay bothered yeah. by these things. 
I want us to stay bothered by the hurts and the habits and the hangups. I want us to, to stay indignant. Not on my watch. You walk three miles in the snow from Holiday Street to, to Kemp, pitch black, and you've got one eye and you're partially blind in the other eye. Bro, not on my watch. Come on, you don't have a place to stay because your house burnt down last month. Not on our watch. Yeah. Let's do something about this. Yeah. I, I can't just sit by and watch this happen. So why do we do it? Why do we serve? It's Proverbs 3, 27. Proverbs says it this way. To never walk away from someone who deserves help. Why? Because your hand is actually God's hand. You're, you're over there praying about God help these people, and he says, well, maybe you're the help. Yeah. Like, your hand is actually my hand yeah. extended to these people. You're, you're hoping that somebody maybe can get to these people, and he says, hey, your hand is my hand. And he, and he says, don't tell your neighbor that, hey, come, come by some other time. You know, right now is not a good time. I, I don't, listen, come by tomorrow. He says, don't do that. When you have the ability to help right now. When money's in your pocket right now. So we can't, we can't just stop. We are God's hand to the people around us. Yeah. And we, you know, last week was amazing. And it really was like one of the biggest serve moments for our church. Um, and it kind of did push us. And one thing that we have to remember is we can't get complacent. Yeah. So many times as individuals, as organizations, we get complacent. And we lose the passion when we, like, that we had when we first started. And we call that mission creep. And that's just when we begin to drift away from the values that got us to where we are today. And we don't want that to happen here at City Hope. We don't want it to happen as a church organization, but we also don't want that for your life. Like for, for you individually, we don't want you to get complacent with where you are in your walk with God and what he's yeah. called you to do. Um, so today... We're going to give you some principles that we can all live by so that we can fulfill our purpose in a greater way. All right. So if you're taking notes, write this one down. The first one is we have to let our problems become purpose. What? Let your problems become a purpose. I think too many times we stop at the problem. Oh, we can't do that. Oh, well, you know. We, we, can't, we can't do these things. I, I, can't do, I can't do this. I got a problem. No, let that problem become your purpose. Like you're going to do something about the problem. And, and I could literally include this point in every single message because I think what happens too many times is we run into a problem and then we give up. And then we never know what God could have done with us. We never know what God could have spoken, what God, how God could have used us. And I'll just admit that on Sunday night, I was not looking forward to being snowed in for like five days. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, I love our family. We love each other. But after four or five days of each other, you're kind of like, let's go back to real life, you know? <laughs> I wasn't looking forward to that. And, and, but then on Monday morning, when, when she said all of these people are without power, our my first thought is, we got to open the church. If we have power, we got to do something to help these people. And all of a sudden, we had purpose. Why did we drag a generator seven miles? It's not good for the generator, y'all. You're going to pass it. It's still out here, probably, on your way out today. It doesn't have a wheel on it. And we drag it seven miles. Why? Because we had a purpose. We had a purpose. We had to do something. We had to make a difference. And I just remember feeling throughout the day several times that man I, I'm actually doing something worthwhile I'm actually doing something that matters I'm doing something with my life that's making a difference in people around me and you know we talk about purpose all the time we 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 are a church that lives on purpose it's it's part of who we are actually today is growth track step three and today we talk about leadership every one of you balcony online in here on the floor you're a leader oh no not me pastor Ben yeah you you're a leader because you have influence over people. You're a leader. And so on, on Monday, we just begin to, we begin to live out this purpose that God had for us. So let me say it this way. Without purpose, you don't have a passion. 
If you don't have a purpose, you just live life aimlessly. You just go about life doing whatever. What do you want to do today? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? You want to go sledding? I don't know. What do you want to do? You want to go to Walmart? I don't know. What do you want to do? Like, no, when you have purpose, you have a mission, yet you have a passion. You're ready to do something, right? Yeah, so Monday, you know, there was a problem. There was a problem that we saw. People had no power. They had no way to make food, and they had no access to heat. And, you know, we knew, just the two of us, just our family, like we couldn't go turn their power on because we don't have the capabilities to do that. So we saw this problem, and we knew we couldn't really fix the big problem, but we could do something to help. Yeah. And so many times that's the thing, like we may not be able to individually fix a big problem that we see, but we can do something to help and that passion starts to flow when we can do, we, when we know and choose to do that little something. Yeah. Um, by the end of the first day, our team, the passion for the purpose and the mission for the week, oh my goodness, it was amazing. And then just to see that spread like wildfire, mm-hmm. like really like it spread like crazy. Some people were here serving, but some were not able to come here and they were serving where they were at. Um, people were giving, but even in the community, people saw the need and started to get that passion inside to yeah. do something about it. And I just think that it was just an amazing moment to watch that one small decision to do something turn into this big, pa- like this passion for so many people. Yeah. And we got to talking about it and thinking about it. You know, what if on Monday morning when we woke up and we realized, like, all these people were without power, what if we would have just cozied up in our bed and our warm covers and just sat there and not done anything? You know, we didn't have a plan. And so we could have let that, like, be a reason to just sit there because we're like, well, we've got a church and a building, but, like, we don't have any other, like, things to make it a shelter. And so we don't really have a plan, but we're going to do something even though we don't have a plan. And when we did choose to step out in faith and open, like literally unlock the door and turn the lights on, that's all we did. And then God showed up in such a powerful way. And it was like, it was just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what if we didn't feel like it? What if we didn't feel like getting out of bed? What if we didn't feel like Going to Jason's shop in negative five. I don't know if I've ever been in negative five degrees before. (laughs) It was cold. (laughs) Cold. What if we just didn't feel like it? What if we just said, oh, man, truck broke down. It's too bad. Yeah, good luck to everybody. So I don't want you to misunderstand me. Uh, And this is not about us, and it's not about even about the church. I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not at all trying to say that what we did was somehow better than what, what other places did. That's not what we're saying at all. Um, our, our, we're the pastors here, so it's our job to just tell you about what God did here, okay? Um, but I think the, what I see sometimes is that we live our lives based off of feelings. And so I don't feel like doing it, so I'm not going to do it. I don't feel like getting out of bed, so I'm not going to get out of bed. I'm not going to, and so we wait for the feeling to change, and then we decide we're going to change. We wait for the feeling to stay married, and then we decide, hey, we'll stay married. I kind of like you now. This week, you know. Today, I like you. We'll stay married, right? Or we wait for the feeling to work out, and then we go work out, or we don't. Still, we still don't go work, work out, right? Most of the time, we want to feel the compassion first. We want to feel the compassion before we do anything about it, but that's not how Jesus did it. In in Matthew chapter 9, it says that Jesus went through all of the towns, the villages. He was teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and he healed every disease and sickness. So he went first. He went. And then when he got there, he saw the crowds. And after he saw the crowds, then he had compassion on them. He would not have had compassion had he not gone. Yeah. Okay, are you following me? So what he saw, the people he had compassion on were people who were helpless. They were people who were harassed. They were people who were without power and electricity and the ability to cook. It was people without, uh, with, with bursted water pipes. It was people who couldn't help themselves like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. 
And, and what we like is we, we want to have, and then we want to see, and then we want to go. We want to have compassion, and then once we get compassion, then we'll go do something about it. But that's, that's the wrong way. The way it always works is you've got to step out in faith first. You've got to go first. The people who were uh, rescuing the, the residents of, of not just here but Archer County and, and surrounding areas, they didn't know what was on the other side of that phone call. They didn't know when they showed up that it was going to be a 91-year-old man in a wheelchair or a, a man with an oxygen tank or a, a, a homeless guy. They, they, didn't know. They, didn't, they didn't know that. So they went first, and when they, once they went, then they could see, and then they had compassion. They had compassion. Let me say it this way. You've got to step out first and go. Once you, once you go, then you'll see, and once you see, then you'll have compassion. But if you never go, you'll never see, and you won't do anything about it. Yeah. And, and you know what will happen? You won't feel responsible for it because it's out of sight, out of mind. Oh, it's not my problem. I didn't know anything about it. So we got to go. And that's why choices lead, feelings follow. Choices lead. I feel like this has been a point in the last two or three weeks. (laughs) It's another one that could be a point every week. Choices lead, feelings follow. So we have to, like all of us, we have to make a choice. What are we going to do from here? Like, you know, what next? What, like, what can we do? Well, the snow is gone. Like, we're good. But there's things we can do, and we're gonna, we have to choose to do those things. Yeah. And so one of those, like a lot of us are kind of tore up from the past week realizing, you know, all the needs in our area um, that exist every day. Like even from where we are, we're sitting here together today, and within 10 minutes of this building, there are people that still don't have electricity, not because their power's out, because of the snow and the weather, but they don't ever have electricity. Mm-hmm. And there's kids who haven't had a meal because they only, ha- they only eat meals yeah, when they're school. at school. Yeah. Like lots of them. And, you know, there's just so many different needs in our area that are present on the, like daily, every day. And so we have to make a choice. What are we going to do as a church, individually, what can we do and so today we're going to give you an opportunity to maybe take a, a step of faith. And that step of faith is to maybe start a regular discipline on the first Saturday of every month and be a part of first Saturday serve yeah. day. Yeah. You know, a lot of us may like to sleep in on Saturdays. Um, like I said earlier, at our house, sleeping in is about 7 a.m., maybe 7.30 if we're real lucky. Um, but... You know, we like to sleep in, and sleeping in is awesome, and rest is good, but what if one Saturday a month, you made a decision for you, and if you have a family, for your family, to step out in faith and be used by God yeah. at First Saturday Serve? Yeah. You know? Um, what, what could God do with you when you do that, when you do that? Mm-hmm. So, in your worship guide today, yeah, go ahead and pull that you can out. pull go out, we have a serve card in there. If you're watching online... Um, I'll explain what to do here in just a minute. But on that serve card, it just kind of gives opportunities. What, you know, what City Hope, what do we have lined up for serving our community? And what we'd love for you to do is give us your information and what you're interested, what you might be interested in. There's First Saturday Serve that I've talked about. It happens the first Saturday of every month. Like we don't skip a beat. Every month, first Saturday of the month. We have outreach small groups. Um, there's a correctional ministry that um, a man in our church, he oversees that, and that's something that some of you may want to be involved in. And then disaster relief projects. A lot of, you know, sometimes we don't have those come up often, but it, when they do, like there's people that that's your passion, like you're passionate about that. And, and real quick, uh, disaster relief is going to take place over the next several weeks. Yeah. I mean, people are dealing with burst water pipes and water mains, and there's recovery efforts, and there's probably demolition that people need in their homes well, and help still, do it. There's yeah. a lot. We have calls. We still have calls, like, daily right now of people that don't have water and need groceries, and we have, we have that available for them, but we need people to deliver that. And so we w- want you to fill out this card and tell us what you're interested in and what you're willing to be a part of and then we're like, what we're going to do is just give you more information. We'll contact you this week um, just with more information of how you can be a part of serving our community. Um, and, 
you know, just remember, because sometimes it might be a scary thing to step out and be like, yeah, I'm going to check this box, but I'm a little bit nervous because I don't understand and I don't know and what if this, what if that. Just make the choice. Yeah. Choose to say, I'm going to do it. No matter what, I'm going to be a part yeah. and know that God is going to use you and yeah. he's going to provide whatever it is that you need to be a part. And some of you, that might be confidence, but he will provide it, I yeah. promise. Yeah. So just remember that where God guides, he will provide. Yeah. If he's guiding you, if he's, if he's putting it on your heart to fill that card out, come on. He's going to provide everything that you need. Yeah. All right? And so uh, you can fill that out, and at the end of the service, we'll drop it in the offering container. All right? And if you're online, on the connection card in the prayer request part, if you'll just type in the word serve, yeah. we'll connect with you. Yeah. So the second thing, the second principle, all of that was the first principle. It's the biggest one, all right? So we're, going, we're downhill from here. Um, the second principle is this. We have to see people the right way. You've got to see people the right way. Because here's the deal. Like, people are, get on your nerves sometimes, right? <laughs> so you don't like everybody sometimes. People will give you every reason to not like them. People will give you every reason to, to be harsh with them and to be hateful with them and to not respond to them in the right way. So we have to see them the right way. In fact, we, we had an instance during while we were here at the shelter. There's a lady that came in, and, and uh, what we didn't know was that she has schizophrenia. And so she was in a moment where she, she was lashing out and cursing her parents. And it was kind of a, a little bit of a scene there, and we didn't know what was going on at first. And then one of our team members, Annette, took her under her wing, saw her the right way, and said, hey, come on, come over here and sit with me. Let's talk a little bit. And, and was able to just calm her down and give her a little bit of peace and, and tranquility. And, and I'm so thankful that Annette could see her the right way. We have, here's what we've got to do. We have to remember that hurting people hurt other people. Yeah. Hurting people hurt people. And you've got, there's a reason why they are the way they are. Something happened. There was an issue. Maybe there's unforgiveness or bitterness, and there's a reason why maybe they're hateful or they're hurtful or they, they don't treat people well. And so we've got to be quick to see people the way God sees them. Yeah. We've got to see through God's vantage point. And it's amazing how you can see people differently when you get to know their story. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, it starts to make sense. And so take time to hear their story. Take time to get to know somebody. And then I promise you, you'll begin to see them in the right way. Um, I think one of the best examples of this in Scripture is Luke chapter 10. Uh, it, this is the parable of the Good Samaritan, all right? And Jesus, this is the message paraphrase. I love the way it reads here. Jesus says, there was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. And on the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, they beat him, and then they went off leaving him half dead. I don't know what half dead is, but that doesn't sound good, right? It's not. But thank God, a pastor was on his way. And you know, pastors, they just want to help everybody, don't they? But they're humans. And the, the pastor, the priest, when he saw the guy, he went to the other side of the street because he didn't have time for it. And then the good, good thing is, you know, sometimes pastors are busy, but church people, you know church people, they're always so willing to serve and ready to make a difference. But the, the church leader also avoided the injured man. Yeah. But then a Samaritan traveling down the road came on the guy. And when he saw the man's condition, his heart went out for him. He said, I can't, I can't stop. I, I, I can't leave this guy here. I can't just leave this guy on the side of the road half dead. He gave him first aid. He disinfected and bandaged his wounds. And then he lifted him onto his donkey. Led him to an inn. He made, made him comfortable. And in the morning, he took out two silver coins. In other words, he gave him his credit card. And he said, hey, put this on file. And if he needs anything else while he's here, just put it on my tab. I'll take good care of him. And if it costs any more, just put it on my bill. Yeah. I'll, I'll pay you when I get back. And Jesus says, what do you think? Which one of these became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? And the religious scholar said, well, the one who treated him kindly. 
And so Jesus says to him and to us, then go and do the same. Just splachnitoma, go, do it. Go, do it. Step out in faith. And so here's what I want you to see about this parable is that the thieves saw the victim as a victim to exploit. He's a victim to exploit. What does that mean? What's yours is yours, and I'm going to take it. That belongs to me. You don't deserve to have that kind of stuff. I'm going to take it. But the, the, the priests and the, the church leaders, they saw a problem to avoid. I don't have time to deal with this. Come on, I, I, I got to go here. I got to do this. I got meetings. I've, I've got all of this stuff going on. It's a problem to avoid. What's mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. You can't have it. But the good Samaritan, the good Samaritan saw him as a person to be loved. So what's mine, actually yours, and I'm going to give it. It's, here, take it. And so with, with all humility, what I'm about to say uh, it is with humility is that there's a chatter about City Hope right now. And if you're new to City Hope, if today's your first day, um, we're honored that you're here. I'm so glad you're here. But to, to those who call City Hope home for a minute, there's a chatter about us. Most of it's good. Some of it's bad. And I don't really care about the bad part. But A, don't, don't read your own press clippings. B, cheap shots come from the cheap seats. I get it. There's a chatter. And I, I think at the end of the day, what I really want people to say about City Hope Church is, hey, I, I don't go there. I don't even know if I agree with everything that they do, but I know this, they love people. Yeah. I know that they care about people. I know that they'll let anybody walk through their doors. I, I know that they're generous. I know that anybody is welcome and everything is possible. Yeah. I, I know that. And that's what I, I, that's what I want people to say about our church. It's not about us. It's not about this church. It's about Jesus. Yeah. It's about Jesus. So as we move away from Snowpocalypse 2021, we, we experienced something incredible this week. I don't want that experience to leave us. Yeah. I don't want it to leave us. Yeah. And principle number three um, is really like the why we do what we do as a church. Um, and it's because we never want to forget what Jesus did for us. Yeah. I never want to forget what Jesus did for me. And you don't ever want to forget what Jesus did for you. And as a church, we don't want to forget what he has done for us. And it is, it's why we love the way that we love, because Jesus first loved us. And it's why we never want to stop reaching people, is because Jesus never stopped reaching out for us. Wherever we were, he was reaching out for us, and he wanted us to draw near. And so we're not going to quit reaching out to people either. And why are we so generous? Because Jesus, he has been so generous to us. Yeah, We want to look at a story in the Bible where Jesus was doing a small group with a bunch of religious leaders, and while they were gathered around, um, a prostitute, a known prostitute, comes in to their small group, and the religious leaders really were not happy with this, and they kind of turned their nose up at her, and they were either really thinking, why is she here? Like, why does she not know who this man is? Why did she even walk into this place? Um, Or... They were thinking, oh, crap, I hope she doesn't recognize me. (laughs) I couldn't say that part. I had told him he had to say that part. I couldn't do it. Um, (laughs) But either way, like they were turning their noses up at her. And we do not ever want to be the church to turn people away. Come on. Um, You know, that's we want like we want to be known as the church where everybody is welcome, no matter what their story is, no matter what they're still in. They are welcome here. That's good. They're welcome. Everybody is welcome. And we want, to, we want people to know that. Um, we want them to feel that love. Um, we also, when people walk through the doors, we want them to know that they're welcome. But we also want them to know that anything is possible because our God is a big God. Yeah. And he That's can good. do anything and yeah. everything. Um, so this prostitute, she comes into the small group and she's just sobbing. And she collapses at Jesus' feet and she begins washing his feet with her tears and drying her feet with, his, with her hair. And she then breaks open a box of perfume. And it was worth a lot to her. It was probably a year's wages. 
and she broke it open and poured it over Jesus's feet. And all the time while she's doing this, the religious leaders are just sitting there thinking, does he know who is touching him? I cannot believe that he's letting that lady touch his feet. Mm -hmm. And during this whole time, and Jesus is just sitting there, and then he makes this very outrageous statement in Luke seven forty seven. He says, Therefore I tell you, her her sins may be many or no, I'm reading it wrong. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. And That's one thing we want to just set straight today is we, all of us in this room, have have been, have, no one has been forgiven little. We have all been forgiven much. We all have had something in our life, in our past, that we have been forgiven of. And Jesus, he forgave us, and he can forgive anybody. And we have to show his love to those people so that they can experience his forgiveness. Yeah. think about it for just a second we would not be in this room today if Jesus didn't go to the cross for us and take our punishment for all the things that we've done wrong and so we when we're asked why another service why another outreach we've done like a million of them why are we doing another one you know why another serve day it's like we do this every month it's getting real old you know, why another offering? Like, why are we, like, why are we, why are we always asking and not asking, but talking about being generous? Why another small group? We've got 30 of them. We don't really need another one. Well, the reason why, 1 John four nineteen, we love because he first loved us. Yeah. And all That's of right. those things that I just listed, our services, our outreaches, our serve day, our generosity is our expression of God's love. And for people to see his love, our serve is a response to what God has done for us. And I'm going to tell you, there are more people out there that need his love. And so we have to continue to serve. We have to continue to show God's love through us and what we do. It's not about us, but God uses us for his love to be poured out to people. Amen. Amen. That's good. Would, Would you bow your heads with me today let me just pray for us as we wrap up and let me ask you what's the Holy Spirit saying to you what's he speaking to your heart today what's he what's he whispering to you here in person online what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you And as you just ask yourself that question let me pray for you today Father I, I thank you that You've been so good to us. And this is all about you, Jesus. This is all about you. May we never forget what you've done for us. May we never forget how you rescued us. May may we never forget how you pulled us out of the miry clay, how you pulled us out of the situations that we were in. May we never forget what you did for us and how you changed us and how you set us free. And Lord, let us burn with a passion God, you've given a a purpose for us to make a difference in this city, to to love God, to love people, to give hope, to help people know you, that they would find freedom from their past and their mistakes and the way that they've been living, that they would discover the, the purpose that you have in their life so that they can live their lives in a way that makes a difference for you. God, I'm I'm praying that you would help us to do more outrageous things for you than we've ever done before. Audacious things, big, scary things that we don't understand or we, we may feel like we're not ready for. Give us those moments so that we can love the people who you love so much. Father, I pray that we would never, that we would never feel it first, but we would always go. We would just be willing to go, just to go. To not wait on the feelings, but to to just wait on your voice. And when you say go, Lord, we'll go. We'll step out in faith and we'll see you do a mighty work. God, I thank you that we don't walk by what we see, but we walk by faith. We live that way by faith. And we know that you're always going to be with us. So God, empower us to see people the way that you see them. To 
never forget what you've done. To live our lives on purpose. In Jesus' name. With your head still bowed, today I want to give you an opportunity uh, to know God. I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. That if you're here today and Jesus isn't number one, he's not the first on your list. He can't just be on your list. Jesus has to be the top of your list or he's not on your list, okay? And so if, if you would say, Pastor Ben, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want him to be my Lord and my Savior. I want him to lead me, to guide me, to direct me. I want to surrender to him today. I, I'm tired of living my way. I want to give my life to him. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to just slip up your hand. And between me and you, I'm, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, okay? So if that's you, one, two, three, just slip up your hand. Say, that's me, Ben. I want to know Jesus. Thank you. Who else? me thank you very much who else would say that's me I want to know Jesus I want a relationship with Jesus anybody else want to join a couple people who've raised their hand and just say I'm going all in thank you I see you back here thank you very much God bless you anybody else four people who've said I'm, I'm going all in I want Jesus to be my Lord amen come on let's say this prayer together church say it with me out loud say Jesus I give my life to you will you forgive me Will you lead me, guide me, save me, direct me? I give my life 100% to you. You're my Lord and Savior. And from this day forward, I will live for you. I will serve you. And I will live my life the best I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today. Let's praise God for four people who said I'm going all in today.